really a blessing to know that the Lord is with us always, amen? Know that the Lord is going before us. He is with us always. We are um, going to give an opportunity after the message or whenever in his service to help support Anna and her ministry if you feel led to give anything the wicker basket's designed for. But thank you, Anna, for following the Lord. That's really what it comes down to. Just thank you for following the Lord and and and, and listening to what God speaks to you. And, and uh, she's been a blessing to me, my family, and I know to the church. So thank you so much, Anna. So today, uh, um, I too was having my quiet time before the Lord, which is my tradition on Sunday morning to come here early because I need it. I need the Lord as every day. But I felt also a, a kind of a, just a real calm. Be calm. Don't, don't try to, you know, don't talk so much. Just, just be still. Be listening. And, you know, and prayer, prayer goes both ways, right? And uh, in fact, I, I think I, I should be listening more than I'm talking. I think because God has more to say than I have to say. But I need to be in a position to hear. And I felt some words come, uh, just verses that came to mind. One was, be still and know that I'm God. Love that one. Everything needs to be, you know, I think it was uh, some while ago, I talked about storms and how that life can be filled sometimes with a storm. storm comes and, and then goes. And uh, by the way, we're made to go through storms. Did you know that? Life is not without storms. <laughs> and so uh, the wind blows and the wind sometimes can be violent, weather-wise. Did you know that there are storms in, in the spiritual realm? Yeah. The enemy wants to come and attack uh, God's people, suppress God's people, depress God's people, bring them down in any way he can. And uh, mindset is what came to mind this week. And we were at camp, some of you guys were at camp, at family camp, and we heard this phrase, or we were were reminded by our morning speakers with their interesting English accent that I can't even come close to. But they they often started their, their message with a story. And uh, one of the stories they brought forward was, remember when the ten spies were sent to, into the land of Canaan to look and see what's there and then come back with a report. As you know, that only two of them were positive, Caleb and Joshua, came back thinking we can go in and take the rest of them threw them into a negative sense of mind, a negative sense of thinking, and they said, oh, we are like grasshoppers. So the speaker said, if you start to think you're a grasshopper, you start to look like a grasshopper, and you start to act like a grasshopper. Mindset. 
really is a powerful thing, isn't it? And so we, we can get ourselves into trouble by thinking, someone said, stinking thinking. Well, we go, we go down the tubes, so to speak. We set ourselves up for, you know, this doesn't happen in my life too often. But occasionally, we get into a rut. Oh, we call it a mood swing. I wanted to call it, call it a mind swing. Our mind swings to the, sometimes into the negative side of things. And we start to think everything is bad, nothing is good. No, nothing. And we can get down. But let us today try to think, how can we keep a sort of a balance? How can we keep our mind in a place where God has purpose? where he wants us to be. How many know when God has his way with us, it's a good thing, right? You'll be more at peace with, with life when you know that God is speak, speaking to you. So the verses that we're using as our text is Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 especially, and then we'll comment throughout a few, several verses. No. This whole idea of lifestyle worship, Anna brought it up. Our whole I, uh, this whole verse in chapter 12, verse 1, has to do with our lifestyle, our bodies. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. How many have no clue what that means? One honest guy, oh gal. Read it again, we'll read it again. Paul is talking to the church of Romans. I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. My... Um, Batty doesn't always want to worship God. <laughs> My mood may not always be in the place it ought to be. Guess what? Most of us, if not all of us, struggle with that stuff. I was in the restaurant, happened to be a Cracker Barrel, last summer, I think it was last winter maybe, and I was with some of the friends, was it Emily's or Anna's? I don't remember, Anna's. And I noticed I had an opportunity, I don't know, I was, I was feeling chattery. I was feeling like a chatterbox at the moment. Have you ever had those moments, uh, moods? Uh, I said, no, no, look, at, look at this, notice, notice this little hand pump. One, someday I'm going to bring my hand pump. And I said, notice a little hand pump. I don't know why I brought it up. Was this there? Because I brought it up because it was there. Life is that way. You bring things up because you see them. I said, you know what this, you know what this thing does? It will pump water, but how do you get the water to come? How do you have to prime it? Most people don't understand. What does that mean? What does it mean to prime the pump, prime the well? Well, in the old days, they had to have a sort of a reservoir, a bucket of water, always kept on hand. That meant you had to prime the pump because the water would go down back in the well 
when you you know after a, after a bit in the old Hamptons. So yeah, this this is a lesson that I gotta just to drive this home, man. It's just look at this, look at this. This is just how we are. And sometimes we don't feel like worshiping God. We don't feel like going to church. We don't feel like praying. We don't feel like being good. Right? But how do we deal with that? How do we do it? We gotta keep we gotta keep looking to the Lord. Keep pouring the water in. Keep working through. How many have Monday morning blogs sometimes? Yeah? When you when you did go to work, you had Monday morning blogs? You have Monday morning blogs? Stephanie has Monday. Yeah. Honesty. Love it. What about Tuesday morning blogs? And Wednesday morning blogs. Every morning blog. You got to do something. How do you get up and get going? God said to Elijah. What are you doing here? Remember when he wanted to well, so brother, let me finish the picture story. So you pump the handle, right? Now you're starting to say, Thank you, Jesus. It's a great day. You're on the throne. I know that you're for me. You start thinking good thoughts. I know that you, you, you have a place for me in heaven. You start thinking good thoughts. You start thinking out of the, the ordinary. You start thinking, what if God would do this? What if God would do what if what, what does God want to do? You start pumping the handle spiritually. Pretty soon, what, what, what begins to happen? The, the moody side of you, the fleshly part, starts to get put in Throw off, lay aside, focus on him. All of a sudden, the water of the Holy Spirit, the living water, just think of this now, it starts to flow. You're starting to flow. How many like to flow in, in, in God's Holy Spirit? You, when, when I say flow, you're feeling good. You're feeling like he's, he's speaking and you're hearing. You feel like you're going with what God has. You feel like this is, this is getting better all the time. How many know that comes and goes? Right? So, when you read this verse, think of the picture pump. I got to get myself going here. I got to get first thing I got to do is get out of the bed, okay? And for the first fifteen minutes, don't even worry about being happy, right? Just just deal with what you got to do next to get yourself going, right? Because as many mornings I'm feeling this as I get older. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. This is overwhelming. And then you start to mutter and sputter. But then you get into the shower, all right? All right? By now, how many sing in the shower? How many have this kind of a ritual thing you're going, going through, habits? You feel pretty good after you shower. You're getting ready for the day. Now, how about as we think, think of it this way? How about if we come between? Before the war with thanksgiving and praise. And we're going to let this shower, let the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, begin to shower on you. We've got to get, a, we've got to get the cobwebs out of our, our thinking. We've got to get, we've, we've got to look at it uh, uh, reasonably and in perspective of God's word. And he says to us, and he tells us specifically in Philippians 4, verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever's true, 
So if you have a, a thought that comes to you, you've got to ask yourself, is that true? Is that really true? Am I believing truth or am I believing lying? Whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever, whatever is of a good repute. How many have no idea what repute means? You're not being honest. I think it has to do with good report. Good report. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. What, what in the world? How many have got mad because things didn't go right some morning? It's not good, is it? It's not good to go into your day mad, right? It happens, but how do we handle it? Here, I'll give you a clue. If you're going to be mad, be mad. It's not a sin to be mad. It says be angry, sin not. But it's what you do while you're angry. Right? It's what you start thinking. What starts entering your mind. And it's in those stages where you become very vulnerable to what the enemy would love to mess with you, to bring you down, to discourage you. But now that you got, you got over your spat or whatever moment, you know, you start opening yourself up to the Lord and say, you know what, I admit my weakness, I admit my need. I understand how weak, how frail, how fragile I can be. I understand that this stuff that I live in, the mental capacity, all the stuff that is life, and be sometimes all tangled up. We, we've come to call this in our home brain space. We only have so much brain space. We can only take on so much. We can only think about so much at, uh, at such and such a time. The scripture is saying to us, don't let yourself get caught up guard. Don't let yourself start getting struck into the, the world's way. Do not be conformed, verse 2. Do not be gravitating toward the world system, not becoming like what the world would have us be like, but rather be transformed by re the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. How <laughs> many like it when you get a renewed thought? Renew your mind. Renew your thinking. He does a transformation in the way you start to think and look at things. And all of a sudden, you start to see, you know what? God is in control of all the stuff that is going on in the earth. Even when it seems like this is it, this is the end, this is no way out of this, there's no way we can uh, escape. When I read about the children of Israel, when they were finally released out of Egypt, how it wasn't very far, they got into the wilderness. I'm thirsty. Right? And there's no water three days in. Three days they went, you get thirsty. And all of a sudden, complaining and murmuring 
begin to set in. Let me tell you, when people are thirsty or hungry and you're traveling on vacation, you've got little kids, and if they're thirsty or they're hungry, how many know it doesn't go too well? Right? So you start looking ahead. I referred to Elijah earlier. The verse in 1 Kings chapter 19, that by this time Elijah was going in the, in, a, in, the, in the wrong direction as far as his thinking was concerned. Now God had done a mighty miracle. This, is, this guy is, is like the powerhouse of the day. When he prays, God just does things miraculously, shuts down the rain or opens the sky for rain. He's the guy who prayed, God just touched the sacrifice and God just broke the rocks, licked up all the water that was around the sacrifice. And he's like saying, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's like God is with me. The next few verses over, Elijah, the same man that God used mightily, finds himself in a place of depression and wanting to have it ended for his life. He said, I've been zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, torn down thine altars, killed thy prophets with the sword, and I alone am left, and they they're seeking, seeking my life to take it away. He was like, what's the use? I'm the only one left. How many have been there? I'm the only one. No one really feels. I'm the only one that's trying to serve the Lord and my family. I'm the only one that really seems, you know, get, you get into that. You find it wasn't until God came to Elijah and said, what are you doing? Why are you thinking? Basically, why are you thinking the way you're thinking? Don't you realize that I have a plan for you? Don't you realize that your life is not over yet? Don't you realize that there are 7,000? I think it is 7,000 that have not yet bowed their knee, talking about other prophets, have not yet bowed their knee to Baal. And God just like spoke truth. All of a sudden, Elijah gets God's perspective on the deal. All of a sudden, he's able now to get up and get going. And life is that way at times. There's moments when we, like, don't feel like doing what we're supposed to do. And yet we read in the verse 1, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. The word sacrifice has to do something that costs us something, right? 
a sacrifice is something that that is going to cost maybe a little bit of pain in the offering. Maybe a little bit of faith is being tested. Maybe a little bit of trust is involved. That it actually is in God's heart to train us to trust him even when it seems unreasonable. Even when it doesn't make sense. And we read on. The grace, verse 3 of Romans 12. The grace that was given to me, through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Isn't it interesting here that God is saying you have been given a measure of faith by grace. In order for us to believe, it takes faith. But even for us to have faith, it takes God. It takes God to transform our thinking, to bring us to a place of I they could say, I believe. It is the act, the grace that we, we can't save ourselves. It's a gift. It's even the same grace that enables us to keep going and keep pursuing, even when we stumble and when we fall and when we don't feel like and when we want to be like Elijah and dive in a hole and just stay there. Right? He wants us to look to him. To have sound judgment. Wisdom, someone said, is seeing things from God's perspective. Wisdom. Wisdom is being able to discern what is best all the way around. Wisdom is not necessarily, probably isn't even having the knowledge of things as it is having the understanding how to implement or to put the knowledge into practice. Just having knowledge is not enough. Having wisdom to be able to see what it is God is seeing at the certain specifics that God himself sees in your life. Right now, at times when we see the world or the current events, we think, we go, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. We can shake our heads at what man is messing things up, but we say, oh my goodness. But God sees the end. God sees these things will play out as he has already known all these things. For our job is not to try to have the answers all the time, so to speak. We can have our opinions. There's things that we don't know, but wisdom is really this. We place it in the control of God. We surrender it back to God. Wisdom is saying, 
I don't have the answers. But God sees all things and he knows all things. He is the answer. And so just having knowledge will not give us peace as God himself will give us peace. Just having knowledge of God is not enough. Having a relationship, a friendship, a companionship that you're hearing what he's saying. You're trying to hear what he's saying. I believe God speaks to many people many times trying to speak to people and people are not sure what they're hearing. And so we have to, how do we hear from God? Well, we know that his written word is his voice. It's his letter to us. It's how we get ourselves in position to walk with God. What is it that God wants of us? Does he want something from me? Does he, does he, is he after me for something? He probably, this is where many people get confused. A bad thing happened. Oh my goodness, God is trying to, you know, say something. You, Probably you're living life, and in your life you will have tribulations. In your life you will have setbacks. In your life you have things that come that you have no control of. But what we do with those things is very crucial how we begin to think in those moments. Do we begin to think, well, God must be mad at me. God must not like me. God must be displeased with me. God must be trying to, you know, bump me up, get me up to another level. That's not necessarily sound judgment, is it? Sound judgment has to do with having wisdom that comes from God. It's the measure of faith that he's given to us. It's by the grace of God that we can actually read the word and believe. And faith cometh by hearing, Romans, right? 10, verse 17. Faith cometh by hearing. Then he gets into the gifts. He mentions several gifts, teaching. Some of those are uh, gifts in the church, in the body of Christ. There's other gifts as such. There is a proportion of their faith. There's other gifts as prophecy. He mentioned in verse 6, there's in verse 7, there's a teaching. In verse 8, there's the one who exhorts. And with, uh, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Gifts that are operating in the body of Christ. We don't always, uh, are going to, not going to always have all the gifts. I don't know if you can, you can pray for all the gifts. I don't know if God's going to give you all. He may give you the gift that you need at the right time. That's a good thing. For the gifts, sometimes you need just plain, simple, old common sense. Right? How many know that God can speak to us in a common sense? in a little way, that it makes sense to us. Hello? And sometimes we get, we get this idea that God's going to write something in the sky. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe that's the way he's going to do it. He can do, that, do it that way. But what about the little whispers? Did you know that wasn't, when Elijah was, was there hiding out and God came to him and it was a, there was an earthquake, there was 
thunder, but then there was this gentle, still wind breeze. And that's when God spoke. I believe, I believe that the Lord is saying to me, at least today, be still. Be still. Shut off the stuff. Take some moments to discipline your minds, your mindset. Get yourself in a position because I'm going to speak into your life. We've had moments when you know God spoke. And it, 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 it changed you. It brought you up. It lifted you up and encouraged you on. There's, a, there's this, there's this understanding that God is in control. Then we read on and we talked about uh, the things that are happening in the church and the body. Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. The word abhor means hate what is evil. We hate the things that Satan is doing to people. We hate the things that the enemy is doing or trying to do to the church. But we cling to what is good. It's not enough to throw off the old self. It's not just enough to throw off the old flesh part of us. But we must put on, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We must replace the old with the new. We must say, you know what? I arrest in the name of Jesus. I arrest the thoughts. I, I, I'm honest enough to say, you know what? Lord, I confess that wasn't faith. I confess that I wasn't, I, that, wasn't, that wasn't from you. And we just simply be honest with God. Why not just be honest with God? He knows everything anyway. Right? So our mindsets begin to, to think, you know, this is the way God is. Is, is already understanding it. He has given to us that which we have need of. And you know that there are many thousands of people, believers, that are worshiping the Lord in places where they can't be found. If they get found, they, they're executed. You say, well, how can they do that? What would possess a person to take the risk to go worship the Lord even though it may cost them their life? Because it's more than just something they know they should do with something they can't keep from doing. How powerful it is. How powerful was it? What did Jesus mean when he said, don't go out and do ministry in Acts, first part. Don't go do it in it. Don't, don't try to preach until you get the power of the Holy Spirit that's promised. 
want you guys to stay there no matter how long. They didn't tell you how. He didn't tell them how long it was going to take. And when we talk about a sacrifice, I'm learning that probably the greatest sacrifice is your time. Your time. We all have it. But we have to figure out what's priority and find a balance where I'm doing that which I'm called to do. When so-and-so has done so many things for God, if I could only be like them, then I would please God. Don't go there. Be yourself, third point. No matter how many gifts, no matter how many talents God has given you, we can't say that, you know, God has really must like me because he's given me so much. We don't get into that. All this talent, all this stuff, we, we come with as an offering. So I lay, I lay it at the feet of Jesus. Otherwise, here's the danger. If I have a talent, if I have a passion, if I have something I really enjoy doing, and it starts to take up my time to the point where I, I'm starting to slack in my devotion to the Lord, what's happening is it's becoming an idol. Right? And God doesn't like idols. He's, he wants all of you. He wants all of us. So we just simply say, Lord, the reason we need to spend time with God is so that we keep getting his perspective. We keep getting our tires lined. We keep getting our battery charged. We keep getting new shoes. question came up at men's breakfast what what would you do if you knew the Lord was coming this week what would you do differently that's a challenging question we finally talked a little bit I would probably reach out to my family I want them to be aware right you'd probably talk to your friends right you'd probably Make some adjustments. All the stuff that we work so hard for cannot, must not, will not take the place of God who is, wants all of us. And our mindset. very powerful. We've got a garden going on in our heads. And weeds want to creep up. 
right? Someone said the battle is in the mind. If we think we're a grasshopper, we start to act like a grasshopper. <laughs> we start to doubt, we start to sink. Right? We start to look at the, they got so many talents, so many gifts. If I could only have some of those, those things, then I'd really be, you know, don't go there, be yourself. Go with your pace. Go with the gifts God's given you. And live out the will of God so that you can make a discerning, have discernment, have sound judgment. And when you're all in for God, you'll be able to have the strength with God's help. You see, the church is being joined together. You see the church as caring for one another, not thinking, I'm better, you know, this is the verse we glanced over. Don't think more highly of yourself. Think about others. Pray for one another. That's the church. That's the body. Praying, building up, encouraging, speaking truth, being where we ought to be.